Welcome to Across Acoustics, the official podcast of the Acoustical Society of America's Publications Office. On this podcast, we will highlight research from our four publications, the Journal of the Acoustical Society of America, also known as JAZA, JAZA Express Letters, Proceedings of Meetings on Acoustics, also known as POMA, and Acoustics Today. I'm your host, Amber Phillips, Business Administrator for the ASA. Joining me today is Ryan Corey of the University of Illinois, Urbana-Champaign. We'll be discussing his article, Acoustic Effects of Medical, Cloth, and Transparent Face Mask on Speech Signals, which appeared in the October 2020 issue of JAZA. Thank you for taking the time to speak with us today, Ryan. How are you doing? Uh, thank you so much. I'm doing well. It's a pleasure to be here, and thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for coming. Okay, so um, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yes, so I am a postdoc at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign in electrical engineering, and I'm also a person with hearing loss. Uh, I've had hearing loss my whole life and worn hearing aids since I was a teenager. Uh, I've always been unhappy with how well they work, especially in noisy environments. And so my research focuses on audio signal processing for hearing aids and other listening devices um, my goal is to help people hear better in challenging situations like a restaurant or a poster session at an ASA conference, for example. Well, you gave us a little bit, but is, is there any more of a motivation behind this study? Absolutely. So in the uh, summer of 2020, I was uh, doing some interviews with people with hearing loss uh, to find out about their needs and how they experience hearing technology and something that kept coming up again and again was um, the challenges they face with face masks. And there was one interaction in particular that prompted this study. Uh, there's a friend of mine who is an administrator at a school uh, that serves a lot of children with hearing loss or children who are deaf. And uh, she texted me one day to ask, uh, what kind of face mask should my teachers wear when we go back to teaching in person and I wasn't sure. And it turns out there wasn't that much research on the subject, especially around cloth masks, which were popular at the time. Uh, and so I decided to do some experiments uh, in the laboratory to find out what masks work best and uh, what other uh, interventions can be used to communicate clearly uh, while wearing face masks. Okay. Um, what other impacts did uh, the pandemic have on people with hearing impairments? Uh, so like with everything in the pandemic, it depends a lot on who you are and where you work. So for people like you and me who uh, work for, are able to work from home, uh, the biggest effect on communication is that we're now having all these virtual meetings, phone calls, Zoom meetings, and... When that's done well, I've found it can actually be helpful if everyone has a great microphone set up in a quiet room. I find it easier to communicate than in a kind of glass-walled conference room, but it, that's not always the case. And if there's a poor connection, uh, it can be really difficult. Uh, there's also a loss of visual cues when people aren't wearing cameras or aren't well lit. And especially in the... Uh, earlier days of the pandemic, it, there was very spotty support for captioning uh, and for um, sign language interpreters, especially for um, remote learning. 
Uh, so that was a big issue. And then for in-person interactions, there were a few changes. So with social distancing, people stand farther apart, uh, which makes hearing more difficult. Uh, you want to lean in, but that would be against the rules. Uh, and then, of course, there are face masks, which uh, muffle sound, especially at high frequencies, which are the hardest to hear already for most people with hearing loss. Uh, they also block visual cues, which make lip reading more difficult. And it's kind of funny. Um, the pandemic sort of simulates hearing loss for people with normal hearing. So you, you can no longer hear high frequencies. You want to lean in and ask people to repeat themselves. You have to rely on technology to communicate. Uh, and all of those are very familiar experiences for people with hearing loss. Interesting. Okay. Um, what has prior research told us about mass speech? So there had been a few studies uh, before the pandemic, mostly focusing on medical settings. So we knew that N95 masks, for example, uh, had a muffling effect on high frequencies and they could make it more difficult for, say, surgeons to talk to each other in the operating room. Um, but what hadn't been studied were cloth masks, which really weren't around before April of 2020. Uh, but then after public health authorities recommended wearing masks, uh, it was hard to get medical grade masks. And so a lot of people were uh, getting cloth masks. Uh, companies started making them. And a lot of people were making them at home out of old T-shirts or something. And uh, no one really knew how what effects those had acoustically. And there were also some transparent masks that were starting to become popular. Uh, and those had been studied a little bit, uh, especially by Sam Atcherson at the University of Arkansas. Um, but there hadn't been uh, the sort of acoustic measurements to understand uh, what effect they had on sound specifically. What steps did you take to conduct your study? Uh, so I started by gathering different types of masks, and I tried to get a representative sample of the masks people were using. So I got surgical masks. I was able to uh, get some N95 masks, and uh, I also gathered some different fabric masks. Uh, I got a few that were made commercially, and a few that were homemade by volunteers uh, in our local community, uh, which was very helpful. People really uh, were excited about this work and eager to help. Uh, I also found some uh, transparent face masks that had plastic windows, uh, some commercial, some homemade, again, as well as a face shield, uh, which were being used in some places at the time. And it, it was a sort of tricky study to do because on the one hand, I wanted repeatable measurements uh, so that I could make a fair comparison between all the masks, but I also wanted it to be realistic. And so I ended up doing two different types of measurements. Uh, first, I used a loudspeaker that shaped like a human head. And it just so happened that we had one around in the lab. Uh, it was built by my co-author, Uriah Jones, who's a, a design student at the university. And uh, we had built that to do other studies. And it turned out to be perfect for testing masks because it can produce the same sound every time. I played a uh, frequency sweep 
and that allows us to measure the acoustic transfer function. So uh, what effect the mask has on sound compared to no mask. And uh, the microphone was set up six feet away to simulate social distancing. And the mask, was, uh, the head was placed on a turntable because I wanted to measure what uh, directional effects the masks have. If it was attenuating sound uniformly uh, or reflecting it off to the sides. But um, for the second experiment, I wanted more realism. Uh, so I used a human subject. And for safety reasons, we could only have one person in the lab. Uh, so that subject was me. So I wore the different masks um, and recorded my own speech. And in that experiment, it's more realistic because it accounts for the fit on the face, lip movements, jaw movements. But of course, it's hard to say the same thing exactly the same way every time. Uh, so there's more experimental error. Fortunately, the two experiments were pretty consistent with each other, uh, which suggests the results are, are reliable. What were the results from the study? Did they support your hypothesis? So um, the results were that um, all of the masks, uh, for the most part, muffled sound above around two kilohertz. And uh, for those who aren't very familiar with speech, uh, in that range, you get a lot of consonant sounds, especially sibilants like S and F. And those are very important for speech intelligibility. So masks definitely do have an effect there. Um, but not all masks are the same. Some masks work better than others. Um, even very similar looking masks can have different effects. So I think I can actually do a demo uh, right now. I have some different masks here that I'll, I'll try on. So uh, this first one will be a, uh, a surgical mask, the blue kind that you see a lot of people wearing. So now I've put on this surgical mask. And my data showed that the surgical masks are the best. They only uh, attenuate sound by a couple decibels at high frequency. So you probably don't notice much difference in hearing me. Next, I'm going to put on a, a fabric mask. I think it's made by an underwear company. So it's nice and soft and comfortable, but it's very densely woven. Uh, so now I'm wearing that mask, and you'll probably notice that my voice is a lot more muffled, and especially if I make S and F sounds, uh, those will not come through as strongly. So um, for the cloth masks, I had thought that the number of layers would be very important, uh, but it turns out it's really about the weave of the fabric. So loosely woven cotton like a t-shirt, uh, is pretty acoustically transparent, but a densely woven fabric uh, like denim blocks a lot of sound, even if it's only one layer. Uh, so you really want to pay attention to the weave of the fabric. As for the transparent masks, uh, the ones I tested had the worst attenuation out of all the masks. Um, so they, they let you see lip movements, but they do block sound quite badly. Um, the worst overall was the face shield. Uh, and face shields are interesting because they actually do amplify sound uh, at lower frequencies, around 1,000 hertz. And this is a result other people have found. Uh, but that 
not really a benefit. Uh, it's, they sort of reflect sound backward. Uh, they have a weird echoey sound. Uh, so they're really quite, uh, quite awful sounding. Okay, but I was just going to ask, are transparent masks useful? But um, <laughs> I guess they are. <laughs> well, so, so that's a, a controversial question. Um, there's a lot of debate within the hearing loss community about transparent masks because there is this trade-off where you can see lip movements, you can see facial expressions and emotions, uh, but the, you get much less sound. And I, I should mention that there have been new masks developed since I did this study. Uh, I have not tested all of the new kinds that have come out, and it's possible that some of the newer products uh, can give you the best of both worlds. Uh, but there is sort of this trade-off between sound and vision, and there might be a different answer for different people. Personally, I don't like um, the transparent masks. I, I understand better when I can get more sound, but someone who relies more on visual cues might prefer them. And But part of the challenge here is that as the listener, I don't generally have any say in what mask um, a conversation partner is using, unless, you know, it's a close friend or colleague or something. Um, and I've, I've seen some workplaces or schools where they'll provide transparent masks as an accommodation. So if you have hearing loss, you can request a transparent mask to wear. And it, it's kind of frustrating because it doesn't help me if I'm wearing a transparent mask. It, it matters what the other person is wearing. Makes sense. Um, what is the best technology to use while wearing a mask? Great question. So one goal of this research was not just to understand the effects that masks have, but to find something that we can do about it. Uh, so sometimes we don't have any choice but to have a conversation while wearing a mask. Uh, so is there anything we can do to make that easier uh, when we have to? And one interesting result it, of the turntable um, experiment was that masks don't block sound uniformly in all directions. They attenuate it in the front. So if you're standing face to face with someone, uh, they'll block the sound a lot, but they seem to reflect it off to the sides and up and down. Uh, so with the human subject, we tried different microphone placements to see if the talker could wear a microphone uh, and that would help. And that was a, a good result. So the most common place that people might wear a microphone is on the lapel. So you would see those in broadcasts or in um, lectures in an auditorium. And it turns out that lapel microphones aren't very affected by face masks. There's a little bit of attenuation, but a lot less than um, someone who's standing six feet in front of the talker. And so um, amplification can really help. So in a classroom setting, if you have a sound reinforcement system, uh, that can be very helpful. Those are pretty ubiquitous in higher education. An auditorium will usually have a sound system. In K-12 classrooms, they generally aren't available, and they were hard to find, especially uh, in 2020. So I heard from some teachers who were ordering home karaoke systems to use in their classrooms, uh, which I'm sure had to be frustrating for them. 
There are also, uh, for hearing aid users, there are accessories that are available uh, from the hearing aid companies that are little wireless microphones that you can clip on to people, and it will transmit their voice right to your ears. And those are great because they essentially bring the talker closer to you, uh, reducing noise and reverberation uh, so it can get over that social distancing, and those should work reliably with masks as well. Uh, unfortunately, I have not found an easy solution for uh, interacting with many different people. So for a cashier, for example, who has to stand behind a plastic barrier and interact with a stream of customers, um, you know, I think that's the most challenging situation, and it's, it's difficult to do anything about that. Um, do you have any other studies that you plan to conduct in the future? Yes. So... My main takeaway from this work was uh, how important these amplification technologies can be, those remote microphones, those broadcast systems, uh, because they can, you know, close that distance gap and get cut through the masks. Um, so I think we're going to see a lot of growth in those sorts of technologies in the future. And some of my more recent research has been on ways to improve some of those wireless microphone technologies uh, to make them work more seamlessly with hearing devices, to make them sound more natural to listeners. One other impact uh, that the pandemic has had is an expansion in uh, conferencing systems. So a lot of classrooms and workplaces uh, have been leaning into remote learning and uh, hybrid work and things like that. And so they've been installing these uh, high-tech conferencing systems that include microphone arrays that can enhance sound from a distance. And those are mostly used now for uh, conferencing, but I think they could also be used to improve accessibility for people in the room. Uh, and so I'm very interested in ways to use that new tech uh, for accessibility as well. Well, thank you for taking the time to educate us on the effects that masks have on those with, uh, that are hearing impaired. We look forward to seeing your future studies. Thank you so much, Ambry. Thank you for tuning in to Across Acoustics. If you'd like to hear more interviews from authors about their research, hit subscribe and find us on your preferred podcast platform.